welcome back to our inner muse today we have on yusuf chroma best-selling author and spoken word poet yes um he has four books which is super cool um tell us a little bit about yourself yeah so as you stated i'm yusuf chroma uh, born and raised in philadelphia pa i went to la salle university for leadership and global understanding and i spent the past five years in egypt studying at alasa uh sharia Islamia. That's incredible. Poet, activist, community servant. Mm, That's amazing. Um, So were you, now were you born a Muslim? Yes. You were? Yeah. Okay, very nice. What made you um, really want to get involved in giving back to your community and just, you know, doing all the good things that you've been putting out? Really, uh, I grew up in inner city Philadelphia, so it's similar in a lot of ways to inner city Chicago, really rough urban neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I saw like a lot of poverty, uh, gun violence, police brutality. So as they say, you're a product of your environment. So what it happened, I was able to get out of that environment and get educated and move further in life and do major things. So I always told myself that if I was to get out of the situation, that I always want to give back to my community. Mm-hmm. So I, when I look into the faces of young boys and girls that are you know, living in these situations of hopelessness, mm-hmm. I can see myself in their faces. So that's what always inspires me to give back. That's amazing. That's honestly beautiful. I think it's important too, because like you're able to be relatable. Sure. You're able to understand the positions that they were, sure. that they're in, and that you were once in. Um, aside from you know, like how you give back to the community, like what are some, what are some of your ways that you do show love to your community? Uh, mainly, <clears throat> art. Um, I'm, I'm really big on writing and art yeah. um, because it inspires the imagination. I've mm-hmm. been, uh, I think, to about 40 countries so far. And it's difficult to, to, you know, to take people to all these places. Mm-hmm. But you can write art about it, you can write about it, and allow them to imagine themselves out of their situations. And I think that's why a lot of times people engage in like alcoholism and drugs to escape their reality. 100%. I, I agree yeah. with that, yeah. So for me, like escaping my reality, I use art to escape my reality, I use poetry, I use writing to envision a, a life beyond what my current situation I was living in at, at the time. And that helped a lot. Um, so as opposed to picking up drugs or picking up a gun or whatever the case may be, I picked up the pen and that allowed me to elevate myself uh, far further than what I even imagined. I agree with that. I feel like when you write um, or any type of form of art, you kind of get lost with it. And yeah. it can be like addicting, like a drug almost, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you just get lost in it. And it inspires so many people because everyone is going to interpret, you know, your art, your words differently. No doubt, yeah. And that's truly inspirational in itself. But I feel like art is like the best form of release. It really is. Because so many people like struggle with like anxiety or mm-hmm. just releasing from their life. And that's like the best method to me at least and to you I'm yeah. and for me too yeah for writing. a lot of people mm-hmm. to write and i think that's a big takeaway on you it's know anything that's stressful so tell us about your four books that you've written yeah. that's really impressive yeah so i started a publishing house actually um to inspire other writers like you know people like tom trump jay dean that have influence but may not necessarily have the wherewithal to write a book like mm-hmm. i love writing i love reading i read a book maybe every two weeks. What's wow. your favorite book? Yeah, okay. my favorite. I have many different genres, so you have to choose a genre. Mm. Um, say. I love Khalid Hussaini, by the way. Okay. Wrote the, um, okay. A Thousand Splendid Suns, Kite Runner. I went up in the What's your favorite book. like poetry book? Rumi. Rumi. Yeah, yeah. Rumi's. Yeah. And Hafid, uh, okay. and also Khalil Gibran, who wrote The Prophet. Mm. So, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Have you read a book? Don't Don't Be Sad. 
Don't be sad. It's called Don't. I don't know who the author is, but I heard this title. It's like the they they talk about um depression, everything, sadness, and how to be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a really great book if you yeah. haven't had a chance to read it. One of my favorite. Really, reads. I heard I heard that a lot along with uh, Yasmin Mujahid's book um reclaiming love or something like this. It was really yeah, I love reading. Poetry too, is beautiful. So. It is. I love reading poetry because I feel like you're picking someone's mind. Exactly. When you read it, especially like books, like if I was reading your book, I feel like I'm in your mind. Yeah. And it's just it's insane, but yeah, I mean. Sometimes I even get people that read my poetry and they get deeper meanings than what I even attended. Yeah, like, and you're like, what? I saw what you did there. I'm like, I really. Did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I did it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but everyone they they take, take it differently. Take it differently. It's just yeah. incredible. All people, you know. That's why I love art, too, and reading and stuff, because you do interpret things differently, and you see things differently. Um, and even for me, I do, I love reading. I, I like to read, like, a lot of entrepreneurship books, too, yeah, like success boss. books. Mm-hmm. Um, have you read How to Influence, um, How to Win Friends and Influence? Influence yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great book. Yeah. But uh, Carnegie, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a really awesome book. So for people, like you were saying, who kind of abuse maybe drugs, alcohol whatever um and maybe they're not as religious what's like the biggest thing you could say that's the best method of kind of solving that problem uh, i would i would make the distinction between religiosity and spirituality mm-hmm. because just because a person is religious doesn't mean that they're happy they live good lives mm-hmm. in fact i find that religious people tend to be the most angry people right? really see, yeah the, the reason is Religion void of spirituality is like very rigorous or like very strict, you know, you're praying and then you see other people having fun living their seemingly best lives. I'm like, I'm doing all these strict things and I'm not having fun. That's Mm -hmm. a void of spirituality. But if you have the the combination of the two, that's you have a perfect balance. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, you'll see many people on like Instagram page, Facebook pages. Maybe young ladies like yourself, they say you're beautiful, you're well-dressed. Why are you guys doing this? Like, you know, maybe put on your hijab, do this or whatever. Like, yeah. why are you, I'm out of my business. Like, why are you on my page? Yeah. Because you are, you know, constrained. Um, so I think it's balancing the two between spirituality and religiosity as well. Uh, so Islam is like a deen is a way of life. So you can't have one without the other. Mm. But I say that the main things that people suffer from that causes sadness, anxiety, depression is one of two things. It's mentioned in the Quran uh, where Allah says, Allah uh, He talks about the people who are the friends of God, the friends of Allah. He said there are two characteristics that they must have. Mm-hmm. One is uh, um, they don't have fear. Mm-hmm. They don't have fear and they don't have grief. Mm-hmm. So fear, it, uh, it deals with the past or, or rather the future. With Mustaqbal, uh, am I gonna get this job? Am I ever gonna get married? Are mm-hmm. people gonna value me? Am I gonna raise in social status? What are my kids gonna mm-hmm. be like? Things that have to do with the future, which we have absolutely no control over. One hundred percent. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you will stress until the day of judgment about things you have no control over, and huzn or grief has everything to do with the past, my ch- childhood trauma. Uh, um, you know, I lost the job, I didn't finish school, I didn't get good grades, I'm not living up to my potential. You have no control over the past, I already finished. Mm-hmm. So the perfect place to be is to be present. It's to be, yes. you know, and if you're present, then you're able to live and experience life and, you know, manage things that you have control over, but what you don't, you just leave to Allah. Mm-hmm. That's how I live my life. You know, people, what are you going to do five years from now? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I might not be here five years from now. Live day by day. I live day by day. So I wake up every single morning and I give it my all. Yeah, that's the best way to be. Because, you know, like, 
I feel like a lot of people, even if you are religious or you're spiritual, you made a really good point that there are a lot of people that I even know that are super religious, okay? But they don't live their life every day with with God. They don't live it in the Word. They don't they don't act in the Word and they're not being the Word. And I think that's an awesome point because I think if people understand that they will notice and their life will not be as complicated. I think exactly. people truly complicate their lives yeah. and we can't control every single thing exactly. that's going to happen. Exactly. You know? I think it's good to set like goals, right? Of course, but, yeah. But like not get upset if the goal doesn't go as planned. Yeah. So live day by day, yeah. but have some type of goal. It's the balance between the two. Yeah. 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 But definitely, I feel like when you obviously stress over the future, you're just gonna have so much anxiety build up and life is never gonna go as planned like ever you can't plan your future um you have to just leave it up to allah and just for clarification the point i was making about religion Mm -hmm. and spirituality is that in religion like you have for example like the five daily prayers Mm -hmm. somebody may pray for 25 years straight pray five times a day straight but if you don't have any love or connection to the relationship, it's like relationship. relationship. What's the? Why are you praying? It may mm-hmm. be just like a person bowing, like like you're making yoga, doing yoga yeah, movements. Yeah. But you don't have any love, and it doesn't transform your character, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't create a love in you for other people. Mm-hmm. So and then if you're praying, and then it makes you look at other people like, oh, I'm better than them. Then your prayer has you in a worse state. Yeah, exactly. You or know, you or, pray in front of people just to prove that you're praying. arrogance, yeah. right? So yeah. not, the religiosity doesn't necessarily mean godliness. Mm-hmm. You know. So it just means rigor. I feel with that. There's mm-hmm. been a time, like in my life, maybe a couple of years ago, where I was just praying and I had no intention. Like, yeah, sure. it was, I was trying to, but I just didn't feel that connection yeah, until yeah. I started believing in my dot and believing in my prayer and believing that Allah was That's actually it. listening to me. That's it, yeah. And every person is on their own journey. Yeah. You know? No two paths are alike. Exactly, yeah. But it takes time to get to that, yeah. I think. What's your biggest kind of um, push to saying, like, how to, how to kind of get more spiritually connected with God? Uh, really, I know that there's no other reason. That's that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. So I really take my time. I'm really gentle with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm forgiving of myself. I have mercy on myself. And it's really trying to build myself up to be a better human being. So Because I know it will increase and enhance my life. Mm-hmm. A better life. Yeah. So that's really my motivation. I think, too, um, also surrounding yourself yeah, around people. You know, who you want to be like and who you kind of... do your goals align do your beliefs align i know a lot of you know for for me i have a lot of people that i have as like acquaintances that i know Mm -hmm. um but it's about the people super close to you in your life and Mm -hmm. how they influence you because believe it or not you keep hanging around someone that you know say for example someone keeps drinking and you're hanging around someone that's going to party every weekend right you're eventually you're going to be in that spot you may not touch anything but you're putting yourself in that environment right and i think in our generation you know, a lot of people are, can be very easily swayed mm-hmm. or influenced, especially by seeing things on social media. Sure, okay. sure. I agree. You know? Yeah. So, how do you, like, how do you kind of deal with avoiding temptation? Because temptation's around. Yeah. We're all right? human. Yeah. We're all around yeah. it. Yeah. So, what are, what, like, what are some ways that you avoid temptation? Because being a guy, it's, I feel like it is, uh, it's, guys sometimes can be in certain positions. Yeah, sure. Or they, they have certain desires or things that they want mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of guys that want to be you know strong and do the right thing mm-hmm. what are some things that you do to try to avoid temptation the main thing I do uh, as a regiment every day is dicker right so a lot of people I think uh, really undervalue the significance of dicker 
which is like remembrance, to say in the constellated remembrance. Um, is the only thing in the Quran that Allah says do a lot of. Like Allah doesn't say pray a lot or give a lot or fast a lot. Mm-hmm. But he says, Allah like remember Allah a lot. So as I'm always in a state of remembrance, I'm always trying to remember myself, my purpose, my reason for being here. But at the same time, the Prophet said, like all of the children of Adam, they make mistakes. So you're going to fall. And even Allah said, if you didn't fall, I would create a creation that would fall and then return to me. Mm-hmm. So Allah says in the Quran, that Allah loves the people of repentance. And Tawabun is like is like a continuous repentance. So in order to continue to repent, that means you continually have to sin. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's not this idea of, there's not a single verse in the Quran that says, be perfect. Oh, I want yeah, you to be perfect. Yeah. yeah. No, it's all about mercy. Try, yeah, yeah, try. All of it. Like, <laughs> every surah is about yeah. mercy in it, you know? So, uh, at this, I know that every single person has their own shortcoming, have their own vice. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's gambling or drinking or sex or alcohol. Whatever the case may be, is this to try to overcome whatever it is. And, and it's, it's not an overnight process. And mm-hmm. if it is, it's not going to last long. Mm-hmm. It takes Temporary. time. Yeah, yeah, it takes time to overcome whatever it is that your, your vice is. I think the biggest thing to like overcoming stuff is to actually be mentally aware so, that you're struggling. Definitely. Because sex, drugs, alcohol, all that sinful stuff, mm. it's temporary. It lasts like what, sure. one second, sure, sure. Uh, a couple days, and then like what do you get out of it? Yeah. You're yeah. just like, I feel like whenever you do something like that, you lose a piece of yourself. That's true, yeah. that's true. And if you're, like, like, aware with yourself, too, you feel it. You feel like you did something wrong. It's harder. It's harder because you feel it now, right? Instead of numbing it, you're feeling it. So that's why some people, they they feel like, oh, my God, this is so hard. I'm just going to go back to my old Mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. But I think being strong in that process, I can tell you that much, is probably the most rewarding thing. It's... It takes so long to get to that point, Mm -hmm. but it's the most rewarding thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, even when I'm stressed out or something's not going my way, I never go to that. You know, and I'm just like, you know, let me go pray, let me go relax, let me go on a bike ride, let me go write. Yeah. You know, there's other methods to do to kind of get that quick fix or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or drink some chamomile too. Yeah. <laughs> chamomile. I love chamomile. Chamomile is the answer. But it's hard though. It's difficult. It is, it is. It's dunya, that's where we live in. Like, it's, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, you know, so it's to acknowledge the difficulty. It's a test. And that's a part of the journey. I actually enjoy the journey. Before I used to get beat myself up really bad if yeah. I made a mistake, but now I'm like, not I don't wave it off, but I'm okay. This is a part of the journey, a learning lesson. I get back yeah. up, and because um, sometimes we fall so deep that we we feel like hopeless. Like oh, I, there's no hope for me. I'm the worst person. You're not the worst person. No, yeah, so. I feel like a lot of people, uh, they get. I might be wrong, but a lot of people can take it out on Allah or God. Oh, uh, sure, definitely. Uh, like, yeah. if something happens to them that's traumatic, mm-hmm. they might say, why are you doing this to me? I'm mm-hmm. questioning him. No doubt. But, like, for me personally, like, I had some traumas in my life, and I was like that in mm-hmm. the, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. And now, like, three years after, I'm like, alhamdulillah, like, I so know painful. why this happened to me. Because yeah. I needed to grow yeah, and learn. Yeah, that's it right there. They even... They asked, I remember saying to Musa, they asked him, who's the most knowledgeable person on the face of earth? And he was like, me. Like, mm-hmm. I talk directly to God. I, I'm the man. Like, mm-hmm. there's nobody that has more knowledge than me. And I was like, no, there's somebody that has more knowledge than you. And it was his teacher, Khidr. Mm-hmm. So he met him, and he took him back through all the experiences that he had as a child. Um, 
because when Musa's issue, alayhi salam, that he wanted to overcome was fear. He was very fearful. Mm -hmm. He was born into an environment of fear. Talk about childhood trauma. Uh, all the boys were being killed. His mother had to throw him in a river, and he ends up living in the house of his own oppressor. Mm -hmm. He kills a man. He goes on a run. So it's just a, a life just full of fear. And Allah says, constantly in the Quran, la takhaf, la takhaf, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And it wasn't until he met Khidr that Allah revisited some of those traumas on him again, poking mm -hmm. a hole in the boat. Revisiting his childhood fear of water, of being placed in the water, yeah. of killing the kid, you know, the kids that he saw, and also him uh, killing a man. So sometimes, uh, not sometimes, all the time, uh, if Allah loves you and wants to grow for you, he'll put your fears in front of you. Uh -huh. And he'll put yeah. tests on you in order to make you yeah. grow. And you'll be sitting like, why is God doing this to me? Yeah. Why me? But, you know, if you look at the people that are the most beloved to God, he tests them and tries them. Yeah. So. And you have to go through that storm. And... And you may not see it in that moment, but when you get through it and then you look back, you're like, wow, like, yeah. oh my God, I, I understand why I went through that. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful like that I went through that and I would never take it back Correct. because it makes you Correct. who you are it. and it brings you closer. Mm -hmm. It brings you closer. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the whole thing of it. Correct, yeah. And again, like the way you live your life. You gotta live your life every day like as it is a relationship, mm -hmm. and you have to work on it. Mm -hmm. You can't be di distracted because I I believe that there could be so many distractions. Even like the shaitan will try to distract you, sure. even from just saying a prayer, yeah, make no you tired doubt. all of no a sudden. No doubt, yeah. You know. I never yawn until I start praying. I get really tired. Like why? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. Really? It used to happen to me a lot, but now you know I've been able to overcome it. But I would just start yawning out of nowhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, so I want to go back to you. Were, you mentioned childhood trauma. Yeah. Do you think that has a big effect on how someone becomes, oh. like, how they kind of manifest into a person? Oh, it does. Yes, oh, right. It does. It does in a great way. A lot of us that things that we do is all structured. It's all um, affected by the things that we went through as children. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easier to heal a child than heal a broken man. A lot of toxic masculinity and toxic behaviors that we see is because they weren't healed as a boy. Mm -hmm. You know, a dude gets a broken heart at 16 and his whole life he's just trying to dog women. Or a woman, you know, sexually abused or whatever the case may be. It affects the way she views herself, the way she views her body. It's just self-value. Mm -hmm. Everything has to do with childhood. I feel like with childhood there. trauma, it's so hard to fix. Definitely. Because it's like, like you said, it's like rooted. Yeah, for sure. You, you, you know, you've lived your life at such a young age and this is what you knew and now yeah. you have to rewrite it yeah. it's it's so sad because i see so many children who are living in broken homes mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. whatever some trauma traumatic homes and stuff and it, it's so hard like you can't pull them out of it you can only try to help them but they don't even understand yeah, what's going precisely. on you know until they get older and some of them might not even realize it they mm -hmm. might just think this is normal yeah. and that's the saddest thing is like doing like let's say they were around a bad environment and then they start becoming toxic like that mm -hmm. then when they're older, they're not even gonna know that they're being toxic. Yeah. This is just second nature. It's normal it's part for them. of their like lifestyle. Yeah. But it's it's, it's so it's so sad. But I feel like the biggest thing you could do is like if you see it, catch it before it manifests into something really it's bad. Hard, though. It is hard. Even, but it can be possible because yeah. children are very honest. This is true. You know, and I feel like as a teacher, as a doctor, if you ever see a sign of a kid going through something and with any hints that they do drop catch it and, and try to do something about it. Don't be passive with it. Yeah. You know, because these are the children that are going to raise generations and, exactly. you know, over and over. And it's, I don't know, but, yeah. I think there's needs to be guidance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, even like it's how, hard. even how you go into 
uh, different communities and give back. Yeah, sure. You know, I think that even if inner cities, you know, like for example, you know, Chicago, mm-hmm. we have such a beautiful city, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately we do have a lot of like things that go on. Mm-hmm. And it's because the, the neighborhoods are, they're broken. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I feel like if we have more attention to that and we bring more people in like mentors yeah, and people sure. who can be there to talk to them, mm-hmm. you can, you can understand where the outbreak is like why they're lashing out or why people feel a certain type of way mm-hmm. but they need kind of like a guide a guide yeah. but it's hard because a lot of it, it can is. be demographic it is but yeah there can be times where you're in the best neighborhood mm-hmm. and someone's going through something oh, it's it very is. hard you know? I have, I, 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 so we do like universities tour and you like speaking to ivy league universities and these kids are very very privileged but they have some of the deepest childhood traumas yes yes, yes. deepest so it's just that you know is this whether a kind, whether yeah. it may be their parents are super successful and they're it's negligent nice to their children, yeah, definitely. you know, it all comes with a price. Everything. It does everything, yeah, but yeah, I don't feel like, yeah, yeah, I agree with that statement. So like, okay, for you, what is your, like, what is your most um, piece of work that you're truly proud of? Because you mm. are, you are an author. You've written. Poetry is amazing. Yeah. So what is something you like really amazing. felt like? Wow, like this is like I feel so proud of this. Like this is my this is it. For, like, this awesome. was my thing. Is it in life in general? It could be what yeah. It could be in life. I mean, your pro one of your proudest projects, moments yeah. or projects, something that truly influenced your life. Yeah, I think if I had to choose one thing, it was a. Uh, I won this poetry competition back in 2009, and I was featured on uh, Russell Simmons' Brave New Voices on HBO. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, I got to feature, performed in front of, like, I think, 15,000 people in Hollywood on stage with Common and Rosario Dawson. It's a major experience because the year before, I was literally last in the tri-state. So in order to, to, to win the competition, to even be featured in the competition, you have to finish, I think, top five in the Tri-State. Oh, wow. Out of, like, maybe 80 or 100 people. Oh, wow. Okay. So, not only did I finish in the top five, but I finished number one that year in the Tri-State. Wow. And the year before, I was last. I was dead last. Wow. So, I got to do that featuring HBO, which led to CNN with um, Who's Black in America, so with that O'Brien. And it really just took off. And I was only, at the time, like, 18 years old. Wow. And from that point until now, it's been nonstop, constant traveling, speaking, giving back. That's amazing. But that That's moment amazing. was a highlight for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Give you that confidence. For sure, yeah. yeah. That's amazing to be able to go travel, to just like go to different places, yeah. and meet people, and you know have those experiences. Have you ever been to the Middle East, like yeah. other than Egypt? I know yeah. you said you were in Egypt. Palestine. Yeah. I haven't even been there. We're in Palestine. Really? Ramallah, Bidlaham, Bidjala. Okay. I was everywhere. Ramallah's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I've oh. been to, uh, a few Arab countries. Have you been to Nablus in Palestine? No. You should go next time. Really? It's beautiful there. Yeah. Palestine is all beautiful. I know. Yeah. I wish I could have visited uh, Syria before you know everything. Yeah. Also Libya, I heard is so beautiful. Oh, you know? Libya, yeah. yeah I heard so. It's unfortunate what's happening in this yeah. world, yeah. but I mean it's all a cycle again. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your three top inspirations? Mm, my mother. Your mother, that's good. My mother, she's amazing. She is amazing, yes. I say the best qualities I have, they come from my mother. Yeah, her kindness. She's so generous. When I was a kid, there used to be at any given time, maybe 20 people living in our house. Wow. And they were like extended family, you know, 
people that's just passing through. Anybody that ever came through Philadelphia that needed a place to stay or a meal to eat, mm-hmm. they would stay in my home. So I remember I n- almost never got a chance to sleep in my bed. I was always always on the floor or oh. on the couch. So, you know, that's so nice. my mother, that was my mother. And it got to a point where my dad actually had to put a door on the kitchen and put a lock because people would just come into my house and go in the kitchen, get food, get groceries, like almost grocery shopping yeah. and then leave and then wash clothes in my house. Oh, okay. So that's how it was. But I really, truly learned service and selflessness from my mother. So that's one. My second uh, greatest inspiration is Malcolm X. Uh, yeah. He's a just a unapologetically Muslim, unfearless, uh, unmoved in the face of enemies, mm-hmm. you know, so I really inspire, uh, am inspired by Malcolm X. And he was a martyr, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last one, my last big inspiration is Imam Fode Dramit. He's a, 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 a Senegambian scholar that lives in Vancouver. Um, he's a, like a, just what they call in the Arabic language, like Abkhari. Like he speaks Abkhari. It's like, it means, Abkar is like this made a place, like somewhere out there in the world. Okay. So if you're from Abkar, you're, it's like you're out of this world, like, oh, okay. with his brilliance. I like that word. Yeah, he speaks like 17 different languages. Oh my God. Uh, he's wow. like, um, uh, he uh, is fluent, he translates hieroglyphics and all kinds. He's an oh. amazing individual, beautiful human being, and you know, one of my teachers, so uh, I'm really inspired by him. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, now, three top core values. Mm. Honesty. Okay. It's important to me. Um, humility. And uh, gratitude. You like yeah, that? Yeah, I'm heavy on the gratitude. I try to be. Have to be. Yeah. So we have uh, my first book is called Woke and Wake of the Wide Awakening. This is a book when I moved to Egypt. I had a lot of time to sit and reflect and look at myself. Mm-hmm. So coming into consciousness, what does woke actually mean? What does it mean to be woke? I wrote about that. I have a book called Son of Sun and Moon. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, so I play off the um, my name, which is Yusuf, and Yusuf is uh, his mother and his father prostrated to him in a dream, which was um, a, the metaphor which used was the sun and moon. So I often say I'm the son of the sun and moon. And I have a book called uh, um, Ocean of Ooh, Turning Sp- Sickness into Spirituality, which is my favorite right now. Like a lot of people have been writing and sending emails and calling, saying it has a significant impact on their lives. Mm-hmm. And the last book is A Decade of Guidance with J.D. So that was, I mean... That's your most recent? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You Typically, it takes me a year to two years to write a book. We wrote Jay's book in a month. Wow. That's incredible. He's another upcutty guy. He's like a genius, a freak of nature, this guy. Mm-hmm. He Anything he does, he does it so precisely, like structured, and he's just masterful. I think he speaks like five different languages wow. as well. Wow, yes. Um, he does. So he's a very brilliant...